Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 157, and we are recording on Monday, July 10th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Kendra Winchester, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Kendra. How are you doing today? I am doing okay, keeping busy, a lot going on, but I feel like doing all right. The corgis are, you know, doing their thing. It's a little hot for them to go out, but they have been frapping around the house. (laughs) I bought Dylan a new carpet, which I can't remember if I mentioned last time. So he has his morning wallow in the carpet every day. Oh, he's so cute. That sparks joy. (laughs) How are you been doing? Oh, Well, yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. I realized tonight as I was setting up the equipment, I was like, what is that noise? I'm like, ah, it is the time of the screaming cicadas. Yes. So if you hear any high-pitched squealing noises in the background, <laughs> you, are, you are not hallucinating. It's the Midwest, and it is the time of year when the cicadas just come out and start screaming at everyone at dusk. Now- does South Carolina have cicada season? I don't know how far south the cicadas go. Yes. Okay. Yes, there are lots of cicadas here, especially down in Beaufort. They they were extremely loud constantly. We have uh, more intermittent cicadas up here in the upstate. Gotcha. Yeah, it's. I feel like yeah, in the Midwest, it's always like mid to late summer the cicadas come out, and I'm listening to them. I'm like, okay, right now. They're not too bad, but sometimes I'll come home from work and it is just deafening. And I'm like, what can you possibly have to yell about this loud? Oh my gosh. And yeah, and every, every few years, there's always a batch of cicadas that everyone's just like, oh boy, brace yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, and we have them in Ohio too. I remember them leaving their little like molted carcasses Ugh. behind. They used to creep me out because I could never tell as a kid if there was an actual cicada inside of it because I hadn't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. And so I would poke them with a stick to figure it out and I would just jump like continuously. It was wild, but I feel like they do make a good background for a mystery novel. They do. Um, at the very least, if you get used to them, they're good white noise. <laughs> Yeah. Or if, since I now know that they are in the southern states as well, if you're reading a good southern gothic novel, that might be a good a good soundtrack that to have. Lovely. I yeah, I I personally I'm just oh god yeah I I don't like them leaving their carcasses around and I don't <laughs> like because sometimes they'll just kind of be hanging out and yeah you're like you're not sure if they're alive or dead but if they are alive boy they will let you know it and I don't like bugs and I don't like bugs that big <laughs> so I'm just don't ugh. don't live in the south where the cockroaches oh, no. are colossal but anyway oh, yeah. I, we won't go into that listeners no. are here for mysteries not bug details <laughs> and insects and bugs are not the same thing anyway the point is that we are here to talk about <laughs> mysteries so before we get too derailed katie have you been reading anything 
gosh. No, it's like I said, it's been a couple of weeks and I've kind of, my brain has needed a, my brain has wanted just to not do anything hard. <laughs> and not saying reading is hard, but it, it requires a level of energy that my brain has not wanted to give. And that's not to say that I, you know, that I don't have any good choices to select from. I just, my birthday was last week and I, and not only did I get a couple of books as gifts, but my husband asked me if I wanted to go to the bookstore on my birthday. And I was like, yes. Of course. <laughs> like, why are you asking me this? So I do, and like, I have a stack of brand new books. I've got a stack of library books I need to return. I've got a, a, just stacks of books at home that I've accumulated over the years and haven't read yet. So anyway, long way of saying no, I haven't <laughs> uh, been reading anything super recently. But what about you? I have. I am prepping for what I'm calling David Joy season. <laughs> we all know that Kendra has an essay Cosby season this year. They're kind of overlapping, which is beautiful. Love that for me. So David Joy has a new novel out, Those We Thought We Knew. And so I'll talk about that later. Spoiler. But I'm currently reading his debut, which I hadn't read yet, which is where all the light tends to go, which is about a boy named Jacob living in a small town in Western North Carolina, so in the Appalachian part of the state. And so Jake is watching all the kids his age graduate high school. He dropped out a couple of years ago, so he is not graduating. And it's really just, there's, there's not a ton of plot. Um, his dad uh, sells drugs, and so... He is trying to, he's kind of accepted that he's going to be stuck in that town, but his ex-girlfriend, Maggie, who he still loves, is headed off to college. So it's this really like coming of age, kind of like not a typical like debut as in like boring, but in like you, you can understand like this is his first novel. He's covering these topics and I think he's doing it really well. He's a great storyteller, I think for sure, but his more recent books have a bit more meat on their bones. And so I'll talk about that, that later, but. Yeah, the audiobook is fantastic. It's narrated by McLeod Andrews, I believe. So, have you ever read David Joy? I haven't, but I was when I was when I saw that you were going to be talking about that book. I remember when it came out. And I remember that it was getting so much buzz, like in the library circles and stuff. And like for whatever reason, that book just kind of always stuck out to me when I saw it, like on the shelf or on display somewhere. But yeah, I, have, I haven't read any of his stuff, but I know from doing the podcast with you and just hearing you talk about books, I know that, that David Joy is is one of your favorites. Yes. And I am, he's doing a book tour in the Carolinas. And so he is coming um, both to Spartanburg and Greenville. So I have two op opportunities to see him, which is very exciting. I probably won't go to both, but he is being interviewed by Leah Hampton. Another one of my favorite um, Western North Carolina writers. I interviewed her for Reading Women a while back. So they are going to be in conversation at Hub City Bookshop. So I will put a link to that event in the show notes. I will be there and I'm very excited. And I already have like a giant stack of books for him to sign. <laughs> Maybe I should bring him a wrist brace. <laughs> but yes, so that's, I, I'm kind of jumping the news, but still, it's fun. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that was me. I'm. Um. I got to meet Gillian Flynn like almost ten years ago. Oh yeah, it was. It was a free event, and I was just like, "How is this free? This is like amazing." It was at a Barnes and Noble in Chicago, and I just had like a stack of books. I had a poster that I got from a library conference, like Rita likes for Gone Girl, and I had her like sign it to That's the amazing. library that I worked at, and I have a picture with her. And <laughs> yeah, it was I was just like I was like internalizing it, but I was just fangirling 
all over the place. (laughs) I love author signings. Yes. Anyway, well, let's go ahead and take a quick pause for our first sponsor. Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing. Before we jump into the episode, I think you've got you've got a new podcast or a new book riot podcast to tell us about. Yes. So as some of you might have heard before, Book Riot has a brand new podcast that is uh, produced by Jeff O'Neill, one of the founders of Book Riot. And I really love his new podcast, First Edition. It is like all these different segments. It's like a variety show. So sometimes he and Rebecca do like a guess guesstimate on what they think the it book of the month will be. Sometimes he interviews authors or editors. I was on First Edition to talk about audiobooks, and we really covered like the history, the recent history, I should say, of audiobooks. And I was really excited to talk about audiobooks and how that relates to disability. There's all sorts of different things that are going on with First Edition. I really love listening to it. And yeah, you can definitely check it out. Uh, You can find it in your podcatcher of choice. And of course, it will be linked in the show notes. You can just check them out in the show notes or you can just search first edition on any podcatcher and it will pop up for you. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So if you are new to the show, welcome. We are so excited to have you. And this is actually a really great episode for you to jump in on. If you are a longtime listener, welcome back. We're just so happy that you keep coming back every couple of weeks and you will also enjoy this episode. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we talk about mysteries and thrillers and suspense and true crime and just about everything that falls under that ginormous umbrella. So if it is in any way mysterious or suspenseful, it is probably fair game for us to talk about. As we do with every episode, uh, this is always the point where we put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, because we truly use these to play out future episodes um, for things to talk about. Uh, It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, want to hear more of. It's a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons. It's just, it's worked out really well, and we're going to keep it rolling. So whether you're looking for maybe an exploration of a subgenre we haven't talked about much, or author read-alikes, or uh, discussion of recent movie adaptations or award news or just just some random kind of thought that you'd be like, hmm, this would be really interesting to hear about books on this topic or anything along those lines. If you have an idea, let us know. We have our contact information uh, at the end of the show and in the show notes. So don't worry about getting it down now. We just get the we get the call out there first just to get those creative juices flowing while you listen. And even if you don't have an idea, you just want to say hi, that is also fantastic. We love hearing from our listeners. So please feel free to drop us a note if you feel so inclined. And if you enjoy this show, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us. And yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say it. This episode is like all about recent and 
upcoming awesome books. Just like that was the main crux of the episode. But like even when we were finding news items, we were like, this is just falling. This is all just falling under uh, the same category. So your TBRs are going to explode. We are not sorry. (laughs) But the first bit of news, I am so excited to share this. (laughs) Tana French has a new book coming out in 2024. Ah! I've got jazz hands. I'm waving with joy. (laughs) Yes. And as I told Kendra before we started recording, I saw the news. It was uh, in a, I think it was the Book Riot uh, Radar, the Book Radar newsletter. It was either that or the Mystery or Suspense newsletter. And that was in the title of the newsletter. It came up in my work email, and I legit squealed in the middle of the staff office that was, like, full of other coworkers. And they all turned to look at me, and I had to apologize and explain. And they were all just kind of looking at me, and I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> and then I had a couple of friends who, you know, we we will – we bring people into the fold. We we like we will go to people. We're like, hi, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Tana French? And we just bring people into her majestic writing. So I texted them and immediately both of them were like, oh my gosh, yes. Anyway, so her new book is coming in 2024. Um, we have a link to, uh, it says March 5th, 2024. Of course, that can change between now and then. What I thought was very interesting is that it's a continuation of The Searcher, which was her last book, which initially, I think, was marketed as a standalone novel. It was at least marketed separately from the Dublin Murder Squad books um, and from The Witch Elm. But the main character is Cal Hooper, who is a retired police officer with the Chicago PD who has moved to Ireland in this tiny, tiny little coastal town. And so the hunter follows Cal Hooper and this new mystery that has dropped itself at his feet. So I am really interested to see, you know, how this carries the story through. And like I said, it was initially marketed as a standalone. I wasn't expecting this to be a series, although I'm not really surprised. But yeah, so I'll have a link in the show notes if you are kind of like me and don't really care what it's about. You'll read anything that Tana French writes. Don't even worry about the plot synopsis. Um, but if you're interested in that, you can read it. And then real quickly, another bit of exciting uh, 2024 book release news is that Alyssa Cole, who is a romance author and a thriller author, who I talked about in our last episode, um, she has another thriller coming out. And actually, I'm not sure if it's um, I thought it was 2024, but what I'm looking at here, it says 2023. So I'm not sure which is correct. But she has a new a new thriller coming out, and it's about a caretaker on a historic estate who finds herself trapped on an island with a murderer and the ghosts of her past. And I'm just like, I loved When No One Is Watching so much. And, e- and even though this is, you know, totally different in terms of plot, I thought when no one is watching was was written so well that again, I'm like, I will read any thriller that she writes. So I am super duper 100% excited for this book. And I'm so excited that I get to drop book news for both of these at the same time. <laughs> like I was not prepared for this. I've just like the 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 TBR gods are just are just smiling on me right now. It's a banner day. It really is. All the confetti cannons. Woohoo. So from uh, books coming out in the future, we are we move a little 
back a little bit, and we're talking about best crime novels of the year so far, came out from Crime Reads. So Crime Reads is like a subside of Literary Hub, and they write about a lot of different kinds of crime novels, thrillers, etc. So they have their top 10 of the first half of 2023. Uh, so, Katie, did you, have you read any books on the list? Um, I'm skimming through it right now. I realized that I hadn't given it a close look and um, until today. I have not read any of the books on their list, but like half of them are already on my reading list. So I'll count that as a win, considering <laughs> I was going to say I haven't been doing a ton of reading regardless. But what I'm also not noticing, so they have a smaller selection for their best of so far, but then they have a really long notable selections list at the end. Very long. Yeah, really long. I was just like, oh, notable selections. Oh my gosh, it keeps going. So yeah, there is plenty to choose from here. 100%. So I have read three books on the list, and that is uh, I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Loved it. I read it in like, I was listening to it actually, and I think I listened to it in like less than two days. And it's a long, longer book. So Yeah, I was going to say, that's a that's a longer <laughs> one for sure. Um, All the Sinners Bleed by S.A. Cosby. My favorite book of his so far is on the list, as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've also read Age of Vice, which is more of a literary crime novel. But I'm glad they include it because, again, I want to see more literary crime things on these lists. The one that's top of my list that I haven't read is Symphony of Secrets by Brendan Slocum. Um, yes. He wrote something about the violin. The Violin Conspiracy. I, yes, yes. I, I read that one recently and I really liked it. Yeah, the, on the list, they did mention Megan Abbott's book, which just came out, Beware the Woman. That was one of the books that I got for my birthday. Uh -huh. um, so that one is very high on my list. And it's got a pretty long list at the wait list at the library. So I'm like, hee hee, I don't have to wait now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, very exciting. Lots of great books to add to your TBR and... Yeah, I always love to see the best of lists. So that will be linked in the show notes. You can go check out the the top books so far, according to Crime Reads. And I'll and honestly, I mean, I've said it before. I just love Crime Reads so much. They the are website. lovely. They are fantastic. They are such an incredible resource for mystery and suspense fans. And if you have not checked them out before, you need to rectify that immediately. Yes, they are such a great. Um, way to find books. And I'm waiting for their most anticipated books of the second half of 2023, but I think we might beat them to it. So I'm excited about that. No, that I was going to say they didn't. That's actually where I got most of mine from. It's at, well, sorry, I take it back. They have a most anticipated list of summer 2023, but they have a number of books that are being published beyond summer. Okay. So I will make sure that that gets added to the show notes. Because if you haven't figured it out yet, that's what we're talking about in this episode, <laughs> our most anticipated picks for the second half of 2023, because the year's just a little over half over, which, what? <laughs> but yeah, there's just, even, you know, even for, even if you're like me, and, you know, just kind of struggling to kind of get through stuff and not going through books as fast as you often do, you know, there's something so exciting about the possibility of new books, and I always get excited for these <laughs> lists. And we were we had a lot to choose from, so I feel like it was a it was a tough tough bit, but we figured it out, and yeah, I'm excited for them. Yeah, well, I was gonna say your first pick comes out first, so I think by that you get you get to go first. <laughs> okay, 
So my first pick is Here in the Dark Stories by Megan Lucas, and that's out from Shotgun and Honey on July 27th. And this, I believe, is an indie press, small press. And this is a collection of Appalachian, um, I was going to say Appalachian noir, but I feel like she uses the term gritlet more for hers. And gritlit is sort of like David Joy. It's a very Appalachian noir, Appalachian Gothic tradition. And so she's kind of leaning into that. Uh, it's mostly set in Southern Appalachia. So there's a lot of Southern elements as well. And these are short stories that feature different characters who are facing, you know, big systemic things like poverty, addiction, um, also more uh, communal social things like motherhood, relationships, et cetera, et cetera. There's also like a cultural climate element to some of the stories based on the description. And that's really important because a, a lot of people might not know this, but there are a lot of environmentalists in Appalachia fighting for the mountains. Um, a lot has been going on for decades and decades. So that is really part of our storytelling and our cultural traditions. So I'm very excited that she's included that. Yes, I'm so excited. She's also like a, a North Carolina writer. And so she is I've had the opportunity to meet her a couple times and she is lovely. And I, I love her work. It's so, I don't know, I feel like it's a bit different than some of the things that I have read elsewhere. So I'm glad she's getting the opportunity to work with that. Yeah, and I think you get that, I mean, just in general, I think with indie presses, you get that opportunity to kind of push boundaries a little bit more or write something that's just a little bit more out there. You have the freedom to explore a little bit. One of the things I, I really like is just the way that, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think that writing like this is like air quotes regional writing, but really it's just a beautiful tradition of I think American as a whole writing. And I think a lot of people miss a lot of great books because they don't want to read air quotes regional literature. And I'll step away from my soapbox, but I think that this <laughs> is a great way to explore what literature in America has to offer. And also if, if you can, if you click on the link and find the cover, the cover is gorgeous. I'm obsessed <laughs> with the cover as well. That's just a bonus. It has nothing to do with how excited I am about the content, but also it is because it's pretty. Anyway, go check it out for sure. <laughs> that's, a, that's my first pick, which is Here in the Dark Stories by Megan Lucas. All right. And real quickly, my first pick is actually one that both Kendra and I independently picked. And I thought we were going to have to have like a virtual like arm wrestling match until she was very kindly let me have it. So I'm I am dedicating this pick to both of oh. us. And that is Happiness Falls by Angie Kim, which comes out on August 29th. And if you have listened to this podcast over the last few years, you have heard me rave about Angie Kim's debut novel, Miracle Creek, which was just absolutely just astounding. It's like it combines family drama with legal thriller and just looks at these unbelievably nuanced takes on racism and gender and motherhood and parenting and raising children with special needs. And the way she layered the story was just 
it was just unbelievable. It was one of those books that it had like a quiet impact on me. But by the time I finished reading it, I was like, this was masterful. And so this is her second book. She hasn't published anything since 2019. Um, so when I heard that she was coming out with this new book, I was just beyond thrilled. And Happiness Falls it's it's from what I have read of people who have gotten a copy of it already. It follows. It has a lot of the same themes, and again, she apparently just delivers on it so well. Um, you're going to have a really in-depth, intense character study combined with a mystery. In this case, the narrator's husband disappears, and when the police investigate, they realize that. The person at the center of the disappearance may be her son, who is nonverbal. And so, yeah, one of the things that I loved about Miracle Creek was the sensitivity and nuance that she had with talking about these different topics. And from what I have heard, Happiness Falls more than delivers on it or on that same premise. She talks about interracial marriage, biracial identity. And oh my gosh, I cannot wait. And I was, and I was very happy that even though, we, even even though we we were like, wait a minute, we're both we both want to talk about this book. I'm glad that we both picked this book to be excited about because it just sounds like it's going to be incredible. Yes, and I know Liberty has been talking about it for ages. I think she when she was a guest, actually, she might have mentioned it. So when Liberty gets very excited about a book, we should all be very excited about the book. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, granted, I know. Liberty being excited about books is kind of her state of being. <laughs> but when she mentions a book to take note of that, yeah, yeah, you, you want to add that to your TBR. And what, what what is her phrase that she says, I couldn't be more excited if I s swallowed a cat and broke out in kittens. Yes, that is perfection. <laughs> yep. But anyway, hopefully all of you are just as excited about this one. And again, that is Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. And my next pick comes out on August 1st, and that is Those We Thought We Knew by David Joy. This is out from Putnam. This is his fifth novel. And for his first three novels, they were pretty slim, straightforward, not straightforward, like they were beautiful and had complexity to them, but like they were fun, like crime stories, if that makes sense. Am I describing that well, crime stories? I think so. So anyway, I actually first started reading him when his fourth novel came out. It's called When These Mountains Burn. And he started really delving deeper into his characters and his topics in that book. And I think those we thought we knew goes even farther. I think he's pushing himself to try different things and to take on the topics, not just in a crime story or a mystery or, or whatever these might be defined as. I'm not exactly sure, but... I I think that he's doing some really cool things. So those we thought we knew is centered around a Western North Carolina town. There are a lot of things going on in this town. It's set in 2019. But uh, Toya Gardner, who is a Black artist from Atlanta, returns to spend time with her grandmother. But she she's like obviously horrified that there is a Confederate monument in the town. And so part of her art is to kind of pay homage to the generations of Black women from, from which she came. So she came there to study that and to work on her thesis. Uh, but when, well, that's a spoiler, so I don't want to say that because I actually finished <laughs> this book in a day. <laughs> so I don't want to give any spoilers, but it is so good. 
two people go missing. And we don't know if those two people are alive or if they're dead or what happened to them. The clan gets involved a bit in the book. And I think it's really uh, an important picture of race relations in these small Southern towns and what that looks like on a very intricate, complex level. So I'm afraid to give any spoilers for this book because I went in knowing nothing and I was surprised all the way along. So I'm very excited. Uh, Katie, did I make sense while describing this book? I'm very excited for it, so I'm concerned. <laughs> I, th- I think so. I think we, like, <laughs> even if some some people aren't able to follow along, I think the general sense of excitement is palpable. I, th- <laughs> I love your very tactful description of that because I think that the less you know about the book, the more you'll get out of it because of all the different twists and turns to this book. It is very well crafted, very thoughtful. And so if you haven't already, definitely check out Those We Thought We Knew by David Joy, which comes out on August 1st. All right. And then before I get to my second pick, let's go ahead and take a brief pause for our second sponsor. All right. So My second pick is Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. And I don't, I'm, I feel like I must have talked about her first book on this show at some point, which was Luckiest Girl Alive. And this is a book that I also am not going to give men, actually, I'm not going to give any details of it because, yeah, just know if you read that book, you'll have to go in with all of the trigger warnings. But it is a, it is a, just a, one-two punch of a novel. It was really well done. It just knocked me over the head. And I didn't read her second book, and for the life of me, the name of it is Escaping Me. But her third book is coming out in September, uh, September 19th. And again, it's Bright Young Women. And what drew me to this one is that she takes on part of the Ted Bundy story, which we all... No. (laughs) I mean, we've, there have been documentaries about it. You know, there have been countless books written about it. Most, most people in America are at least somewhat familiar with Ted Bundy. But she takes part of his crime spree. There's the stuff in the Pacific Northwest, but then he traveled to Florida and attacked a sorority house um, in the 70s. I think it was late 70s, early 80s. I think it was late 70s. And the story is told from the perspective of a student who survives the attack on the sorority house. Now, this is fiction. So it's this isn't like a nonfiction accounting. But it takes that idea of true crime, like people have described Ted Bundy as like the first celebrity serial killer, where, you know, with all the news coverage, and, you know, just like, yeah, I mean, I think that's a very, that's a very accurate description. And the story is about the from the survivor's point of view, and her fight to protect her her friends and her classmates' dignity and make sure that their truth is told while everyone around them just becomes obsessed with the person who attacked them. And Jessica Knoll just has a reputation for being such a really razor-sharp feminist writer. And considering, well, A, how popular true crime is, B, how many fictional titles we're seeing nowadays that have that really strong true crime element pulled into it. And three, I think we're seeing more 
more titles, fiction and nonfiction, that's questioning how we how we look at and consume true crime. I think this book is just going to be a knockout. And probably not a book if if you're looking to not be angry. <laughs> um but it just it just sounds so fascinating. And I think, yeah, I just think it's it's going to be incredible. Now have you read any of Jessica Knoll's stuff? Like, did you read Luckiest Girl Alive or anything along those lines? No, I haven't read any of her other books, but I've been very interested about this conversation around true crime. So it sounds very interesting. Yeah, it really, like I said, I think if you want to highlight, well, I don't want to say it's a new trend. I feel like this is the the fusing of fiction and nonfiction and true crime. Um, I feel like that's been happening for a while, but I think we're going to see more of it. And I think this book is like really well positioned in that, in that movement. I don't even want to call it a trend. A trend feels fleeting or less substantial, but yeah, this book sounds amazing. And, and again, that is Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll, and that is out on September 19th. And so my last pick for most anticipated is I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jessica Q. Sutanto. This is coming out from Berkeley on August 22nd. Uh, when I finished Yellow Face, I just really wanted more books about authors behaving badly <laughs> that take that really dark and twisty turn through uh, these uh, these authors, these writers' lives. And so this one is about Jane and the first line of the description is amazing. It's like, Jane is unhappy. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so this is a author behaving badly. Jane is, you know, she's a, a struggling midlist writer. She's struggling to make enough money. They, she lives in the Bay Area with her partner. And they just aren't doing well in their relationship. They're really strapped for cash. And she just is really thinking about like, how did she get here? So she starts thinking about like when she was studying creative writing in Oxford and her she and her best friend Talia were just inseparable. But then something happened and she never saw Talia again. But then she sees Talia's name on the top of the New York Times bestseller list. And she's like, what? So- this starts the whole thriller of figuring out, is it actually her friend? Is it someone else? How'd she get on the New York Times bestseller list? Is she like, what is happening? So she decides to put a plane ticket on her credit card and head out to New York City to figure out who on earth has published this book. I'm here for it. Have you heard of this book? I feel like I've, I've missed it a little bit seeing um, people talk about it, but I'm so glad I found it. I, it has, it's, it both has and hasn't been on my radar. I mean, I know the author's name. I know she's, uh, she writes the cozy culinary wedding mysteries, but I was excited to see her write a psychological thriller, but the, um, I did not know about the author behaving badly element of it. And I agree. I love a good author behaving behaving badly story. I think they're just ripe for just fun plot nonsense. <laughs> I love that fun plot nonsense. Oh my goodness. Yes. So everyone definitely needs to check out I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jessica Q. Tanto, which comes out on August 22nd. All right. And then my last pick, can't go this long without a horror pick, 
But my last pick is The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du, which is out on October 31st, which is just perfect. So excited. <laughs> so if you have not read Tanana Reeve Du's amazing ghost story, The Good House, you need to fix that right now. It is incredible. Um, it's unlike any ghost story I've ever read. And The Reformatory, when I heard about the what she was talking about, I'm like, this is going to be brilliant. But this story is very, actually very personal to her because it, it's based on the very real Dozier School for Boys in Florida, which was a reformatory school where a lot of Black boys were sent in the 1950s and 60s during the Jim Crow era. And there were just absolutely horrible abuses afflicted on them. It's a subject that Colson Whitehead has talked about um, in his book, um, Nickel Boys. And Tanana Reeve Du's great uncle was a was a student at the at the school at that time. So she's taking this very personal, you know, family generational trauma and she's adding her signature supernatural style to it. It's a ghost story, but it's a horror novel that looks at the very the supernatural horrors and the very non-supernatural horrors. And I think the best and the most affecting horror stories are when you blend both of those elements, the the supernatural and the very real world horrors. And I just cannot even describe how excited I am for this. The cover is amazing. And you just look at it and you like immediately get a sense of what the story is going to be. And yeah, I, I think this is this book is just going to be absolutely brilliant. I I am so excited that she has another book coming out. She's such a fantastic writer, and it's like getting a, a book from a legend, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are a few authors, when they have something come out, you just like, I know this is going to be good. And she is also, I think, one of those authors, uh, or one of those horror authors, that I think is accessible for readers who are not who may not consider themselves horror fans, quote unquote. Um, she doesn't go gory with her stories, but she they're very grounded and they're just very atmospheric. And they're like I said, there are just so many layers. She is such a talented writer. So yeah, I am just absolutely just over the moon waiting for this book. And like I said, it comes out on Halloween, which is just the perfect touch. And again, that is The Reformatory by Tanana Reeve Du. So those are our most anticipated books for the second half of 2023. But we still have new books to talk about this week. Ah. We have even more, even more new books. <laughs> it's fantastic. Why don't you go first? All right. Uh, so my pick is a book that's coming out from the Gillian Flynn imprint, and that is The Center by Isha um, Mananzir Zidiki. And uh, this is a, oh, my stars. I don't even know. I'm going to read Gillian Flynn's little blurb here because this is her imprint. She says that in this dazzling speculative debut, a London-based Pakistani translator furthers her stalled career by attending a mysterious language school that boasts near instant fluency, but at a secret, sinister cost. I mean, one, Gillian Flynn can write a blurb, but second, that sounds fantastic. I am here for creepy secrets. I mean, I have wished to be fluent in different languages. It sounds amazing. And I believe the author also has done translation, so she is familiar with the job and oh, so excited. Yeah, one of the 
things that I've noticed, and I think this is only the second book from Gillian Flynn's imprint. Um, the first one was Scorched Grace by Margot Duahi, which just was so different. And I feel like that's that's what's so refreshing about even just that small blurb. This is such a refreshingly different story. Like a language school. Like who even thinks of this stuff? A translator. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> but I I think is like this is not a just your the same old recycled plot plot line. Like this just feels so different and I think that's what Gillian Flynn is going for with this new imprint and I'm just really excited to see what else she comes up with. Yes. I I agree. I I feel like there are like so many wonderful authors and I love to see them push themselves, but I also love to see new voices that are pushing things, the genre to a different direction or have these creative ideas so that we're just not producing the same kinds of books over and over. And while those are really fun to read, I always love to see someone doing something a little new. Uh, so definitely check out The Center, which comes out, it'll, it'll be all here shortly, <laughs> very soon. So I realized we weren't talking about the ones that are far in advance. These are this week. So yeah, my stars, people. There's so many books. <laughs> yes. And for my pick, I am. I was actually going to talk about this in my most anticipated section, but then I realized that it was coming out in the time frame over the next couple of weeks. So I'm like, this counts. I'm so I'm just expanding my most anticipated. <laughs> it is How Can I Help You by Laura Sims. And it is a psychological thriller set in a public library, which is all you, I needed to know. Oh, my word. It's amazing. Yep. yep. I, I, read, I was like sold. <laughs> and so you have two librarians. You have Margot. She is just seems middle aged, normal, charming. Uh, they have no reason to suspect that she is a former nurse with a trail of countless premature deaths in her wake. Mm. And so she has basically taken refuge at the library as a place to kind of start over, try to move away from her past, quell her previous urges. And then uh, you have Patricia, who is a recent graduate. She's a failed novelist. She is a new employee at the library. And Patricia very quickly picks up on the fact that there is something else going on with Margot. Like, she is not just the amicable, pleasant, middle-aged woman that that the other patrons and co-workers know her as. Um, and so she starts watching her. And then they discover a patron's death in the bathroom, and Patricia starts to think that... Margot may be involved. And she can't resist digging deeper, even as this this search becomes an obsession. And Kimberly McCrate said that this was a fantastic book, and I love Kimberly McCrate. Mona Awad called it a compulsive and unforgettable novel. Quite frankly, I am going to be very, very interested to see how the description because I imagine that the interactions between library staff and patrons, library staff and library staff are going to be key at the center of this novel. And I'm very interested to see how that plays out. Um, that's one of the subjects where like, you know, people have different subjects where if you get it wrong in a book or a movie, they will notice. Like I'm the person who reads a book and if in a plot, someone's like, oh, the librarian just gave the, the random stranger information from the computer. I'm like, patron privacy, patron privacy. You're not doing that. 
So, yeah. So I'm very, very excited about this book. It just seems tailor-made for me. And that is How Can I Help You by Laura Sims. And that is out on July 18th. That sounds absolutely amazing. There are so many wonderful books coming out, Katie. I don't even know where to start. I can't even. I just can't even. Truer words have not been spoken. Well, that is our episode, friends. And as always, all of those books are linked in the show notes. And I love to remind folks because I know I can never whip out my Goodreads fast enough to keep track of all these things. I digress. So that is our show. Thanks so much to all of you for listening. And of course, many thanks to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, who fixes all of our problems. And we <laughs> greatly appreciate you. Can you tell how many of those are in the show today? So for the show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out the full stable of podcasts, including first edition at bookriot.com slash listen, or you can just search Book Riot in your podcast player of choice. If you want to send us an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at red or dead at bookriot.com. Otherwise, you can find me, Kendra, on Twitter and Instagram at KD, as in Dylan Winchester. You can find Katie on Twitter at KT, as in toy, underscore library lady. And of course, we will talk to you all next time. Bye.